exciting news. Yes. It is launch week around these parts. So our Wayman Unlimited onboarding coaching program is now open for enrollment. If you are a digital creator who's looking to add more predictability, more profit, and more peace into your business, our Wayman Unlimited program is here to help you. Through our monthly onboarding coaching sessions, we'll remove the overwhelm of growing your business and give you specific marketing tactics to focus on each month so you can grow, but at a sustainable pace. Because we're all steady, about... Steady. Slow growth around here. We take a slow and steady approach to running a calm business so you can reach your business goals without sacrificing your well-being. By the way, also included in Wayman Unlimited is a lifetime account to our core software, Tea Tree, which is the most customizable and brandable course platform on the market. You also get access to a member favorite group accountability system we call Wayme of Stones. That's Please right. don't sue us, Game of Thrones. <laughs> where we blend fun and action taking together in our weekly Wayme Slack community through doing some accountability and sharing our goals, getting our tasks done every single week. That's right. If you are interested in joining Wayman Unlimited, head to wanderingaimfully.com slash join to learn more and get all the details. And just as a reminder, the doors will be open until March 26th. Welcome to What Is It All For? A podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. It's Caroline speaking first. This never happens. How's Jason it going? just told me right before we started, you're going to kick it off this week. And I absolutely flailed. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, you didn't. You didn't. Um, you know, a Carol flail would be like, hey, frienders, what are you all eating later on? Uh, what is it food? It's like that uh, famous Mark Zuckerberg clip. Hey, frienders. It's that famous Mark Zuckerberg clip where it's like, what what's everybody it doing this weekend? Barbecue. Hope you're making some great brisket. Uh, <laughs> all right, Carol, two Pramble Tops here off the top okay. uh, for you. Quick Pramble Tops. Uh, number one, I have a uh, guest that I would like you to do public here, which is very fun. This is, this is a surprise. Apple, the arguably the largest and like most financially successful company of all time, okay. has released a new product, uh -huh. which you know. Yeah. It's called the Vision, Vision OS. Pro. Vision Pro. the Vision Pro. Runs on Vision OS. Okay. Um, they have been doing pre-orders. Yeah. What are the total amount of orders that you think have been done so far for that product? Oh. How many orders they've gotten so far? Yeah. Oh, I'm so bad at this. I know. That's this is why it's numbers. fun. This is the jar of marbles guess here. What, what's that game that we love to play with your grandparents? It's called... Um, Telestrations? No, no, no. The game where oh, you have the to guess one. numbers. The other one. I forget what it's called. We only played loved, it like twice and we I loved know, it and we didn't play it again. It, that was such a good uh, cross the generation. Anyway, don't, uh, don't distract here okay. from me, yes. How many orders do I think they've had? I think that they have had... As a reminder, it's yeah. a like $3,200 product. I do know yeah. that, but they also have a lot of customers. Fantastic. 100,000 orders. Good guess. Thank you. 200,000 <gasps> orders. I was so close in the grand scheme of things. Like that, that could have gone so off the rails for me. Basically, that's been up for like a month. Oh. $6.4 billion in revenue oh, is gee. what that amounts to. Oh, gee. $6.4 billion. Okay. For a big clunky thing that is not going to that, be that way you know for like you, you're interested. Oh no no I'm very interested, but I'm just saying like we all know this is not the version that it's like this is the yes, first version true, of the true, iPhone. True, true, like true. we're looking at the original iPhone, 
And in like 10 years, we'll look back and be like, <laughs> you remember when we had these like scuba goggles that we had to wear that were this? Totally. And then like 10 years from now, it's like, it's just a drop you put in your eye and then you Whoa. have like the whole world in your thing. The world right. is scary. It's That's preamble scary. top number one. Okay. Preamble top number two is I need you to share with everybody your now top favorite zombie movie of all time. I will share everyone. Um, Jason this weekend told me about a movie called Train. Nope. What? That's an absolute bold-faced lie. What do you mean? I told you about this movie. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, the lie part was that he didn't just tell me about it. Yeah. Sorry. That was... A, you're right. That's yeah. a total fabrication. Because this movie's been out for seven years. He did tell me about it a long time ago. But yeah. what I meant was this weekend you told me... Like, you started talking about it again. Yeah. Because... And we won't spoil it, but, like, we're doing a whole thing for our accountability program. Oh, right, 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 and right. And so it was top of mind yeah. for that. And it's the movie Train to Busan. Yeah. Which is a South Korean zombie yeah. film. Yeah. That was that came out in 2016. Yes. Okay. And uh, so we watched it for classic movie night, and it is a 10 out of 10 for me. 10 out of 10. It if you love zombie movies, movie. I honestly I would put it up there like top three zombie movies of all time. It's incredible. Also, we looked it up. There really aren't that many you great think, zombie movies. No, you think it's such a genre? I think because Walking Dead is a TV show and it was so popular yeah. that like you just it kind of fills in the gaps. There's only like a real handful. Um, and also. Because I had never seen this movie, another zombie movie. When did World War Z come out? Uh, I think a couple years. I don't know. Okay. Well, I remember distinctly watching World War Z. And some of the like cinematography and camera tricks that they had in that movie felt very... 2013. Like, three years prior. Wait, World War Z came out in 2013? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> this is one of those time warp things where Ten I feel like ago. I'm 24, but yeah. I'm not. Are yeah. you sure? Yeah. Look it up again. <laughs> <laughs> Refresh it. Ask okay, Google. well, that totally reverses what I was going to say. Because you thought that Train to Busan influenced. that Train to Busan influenced World yeah. War Z, but now I'm realizing that some of the like pile-up yes. situations yeah. were very... Uh, anyway, highly recommend. If you're a zombie movie fan, it is... Uh, just a gem. It is fantastic. And I don't you, know what it you is. mentioned I just, I we were going it. through the trivia and they're they're remaking it and it's like a like they're basically remaking it the American version. Right. Like it's gonna be like trained in New York. Trained in New York. That's what it was. I was trying to remember yeah. the name was. Anyway, those are our two preamble tops just to share uh at the top here. Preamble being the beginning of this. It's at the top of the episode. Preamble I tops. highly doubt that people like meet me for the first time and like this girl loves a zombie movie. Loves a disaster movie. But I just give do. her a Gerard Butler saving the world from <laughs> something, she will be content. <laughs> I don't know. I have a like a, a hypothesis that something about people who are naturally prone to anxiety like things like disaster movies because it's like it allows them to externalize their anxiety into something. Yeah, for sure. Does that make sense? And it's also way worse than what you're going through. Which this goes... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And this actually maybe this feeds into the hypothesis that I mentioned on a couple episodes ago that talks about the interview I watched about the theory that anxiety and people who struggle with anxiety is the reason they struggle with it is because our, you know, fear senses were adapted for acute, like momentary, mm -hmm. you know, you're getting chased by a tiger and then you're supposed to like, there's no more threat or whatever. And so people who experience anxiety, it's, it's this unfocused threat kind of thing, which we have tons of in this day and age, which makes sense that if you watch like a zombie movie, you go from this level of like unfocused, uh, spidey senses to now, like I can just put all of my spidey senses into this thing that's happening. True. This one focused place that's causing my anxiety and somehow that's soothing to my brain. Fantastic. That's my theory. So. All right. 
let's uh, let's move into the actual topic of this episode, talking about things that are eased, easeful, and then the movie Easy A. Oh gosh, which we love. It's a great that's movie. That's not the title of the episode that someone worked hard on. That's not the oh. setup for the episode that someone worked hard on. Right. And but so, don't you agree? The movie Easy A is great. It's so great. Okay. Um, just I do love you so much. Sometimes, <laughs> like sometimes you. Are just a big pain in the ass. <laughs> you are, but also I love you a yeah. lot because of that. Yeah. Okay, let's set people up with this, some actual context for this sure. episode, which is this is first of all, it's going to be more of a cash episode. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so rather than like your tips, which was like last week, we are going to give you a little bit of just updates of what we've been up to, and the biggest theme that has emerged over the past week or so is just that boy, you go back to the beginning of growing a business, and it's just a reminder that things are hard. And that's okay. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we are the people who we talk a lot about bringing more ease to your business, right? And I feel like in a lot of ways we have figured that out. But just because you're bringing more ease into your business, that doesn't necessarily mean that it should be easy all the time. And I never want people to hear us or consume our content and think that if they're encountering challenges or they feel like it's hard or it's a slog to get their business off the ground that they're somehow doing something wrong yeah and so that's why I wanted to share now that we are working more on tea tree our, the, our other business and tea tree's kind of life cycle is much more at the beginning even though it's been around for quite some time but truly and it's like since, since world war z world war z it's been around <laughs> since world war z which we all know was um, 10 years ago um definitely have a good handle on time and it's much more in its early stages. And in those early stages, you're trying to basically get this like gigantic boulder that has been stagnant to move and get momentum and you don't yet have it. And so, of course, that's going to feel challenging. So we wanted to just kind of share where we are with business things and remind you that it's OK if things feel effortful. Yeah. And I uh, I'm thinking about, you know, Teachery has been this side project business for you know, the past 10 years, and it has only gotten like a fraction of our time. And now that it's getting like, you know, if the pie chart had a small sliver out of it, and like, that was all the time the teacher was getting was a small sliver. Mm -hmm. And now if you reverse it, it's like teacher is getting the big part of the pie, like all of the goodness of the pie right. in our time. You forget what that's like to be in that area of like, oh, but like this thing isn't just like humming along nicely, you right. know, and it, it takes me back to the beginning of Wayne when we started Wayne in 2018, which was two years after Train to Busan. <laughs> and it really, everything's going to be based it's, on Zon it's, it's, um, movies. Yeah, go ahead. A-T-B. Okay. <laughs> after Train to Busan. Fantastic. So it's year two A-T-B. A-T-T-B. Okay. A-T-T-B. Yeah. A-T-T-B, as they all say. <laughs> anyway, when we were back starting Wayne, you know, it's it's not that long ago, but it feels so long in the amount of time and energy that we've invested into that business that we do a little bit forget what it feels like to be in the starting ugly phase mm -hmm. and the not knowing what you're doing and the like, you're just trying everything. Like you're throwing all the ideas at the wall to see what sticks because you don't know exactly what you want to do. And you have ideas, you have visions, you have goals, you have other companies that look like yours. But even if you try the exact same tactics, it may not work for you. And yeah. so I think as it relates to teachery, like it's putting us back in that mindset that we were in in like the 2018, 2019, especially for me as the person who like, I've been working on teachery for 10 years, mm -hmm. but it has always been just that small sliver of that pie. And now that we're trying to, make that pie slice larger, I'm finding myself being like, okay, um, 
there's a million things to do. Whereas before, when I only had a small pie slice of time, I'd be like, well, I mean, I'm going to work on like the few things I can get done. And like, I just move on after that. Like that's yeah, all I'm doing. That is a really good point. It's the more you pay attention. You could say that again uh, louder into the microphone. Babe, light of my life. What a good point. What a good point. You, you just heard made. it here first. ATTB, Caroline said, <laughs> I made a good point. Your great point that you just made is once you start paying attention to something, of course, you're going to start to see much more of the imperfections. I think we actually did talk about this on a previous episode where when you're painting in broad strokes, you're just like, well, that looks nice. Yeah. You got some color on the canvas. But once you start kind of painting with like a fine detailed brush, you start going like, oh, this doesn't really look how it's supposed to. And so you start paying attention more. So I think that is a natural part of, I oh, this was in our episode about making your, your side project, your main project. I think that's a natural thing that's going to happen. But what I have come to realize this week that I think is really helpful and I just have to keep reminding myself of it is every time we run into these challenges and they're plentiful right so whether it is our data infrastructure and our tagging system that is an absolute mess that we have to deal with on a daily basis we didn't do it though we didn't do it Uncle Jerry did it Uncle Jerry and if you listen to our last week's episode you'll know who Uncle Jerry is and bless him he did not have a strong handle on intercom's tagging system no and in his defense it didn't start out as a CRM platform it started out as a support platform that's right that's right so whether it's that or whether it's just like kind of customer issues that pop up or inconsistencies between data so it's like we have data from Cloudflare we have data from our own application we have data from Fathom Analytics like None of them match up properly. Yep. Or whether it's every day we're having discussions about marketing ideas and stra- strategic, you know, initiatives that we want to start this year, but then always inevitably coming back to this idea of our ideal customer and really needing to understand who that is. So realizing gaps like in our understanding about who tea tree serves best and then inevitably once we decide who that person is we start looking at the product and going well does the product match up with that person and then we start to see the cracks where we want to make the product better and these are always going to be the issues that we're confronting but going back to where i started in this statement Something that is helping me is reminding me this is the fun part. And I know it sounds wild because, again, if you're someone who's in the thick of the beginning and you're also experiencing a lot of these challenges where you're like, who's my customer? And, you know, I'm posting content and no one's consuming it and I have no idea what I'm doing or whatever those challenges are. It's it's a little bit rich to hear someone be like, trust me, this is the fun part. But I am telling you as someone who now has gone through a business phase where I've made it to the like smooth seas. Mm hmm. I don't know. There's something about this this beginning stage where everything is just sort of a Rubik's cube of what's going on. Yeah. And if you can approach it, I guess, with a mentality of embracing the challenge, embracing the puzzle, I think you can just make for, like I, like we said at the top of this episode, an easeful journey, but not an easy journey. Yeah. Like business is hard. It is hard to build a thing that people will buy from you on a consistent basis that doesn't suck all the hours out of your time and all of the like effort out of your soul. And so I think the the challenge that you have to find is like, how do you not make that terrible? How yeah. do you make that easier and how do you make it better? And, you know, before we were recording this, we were having our weekly meeting about tea tree and, you know, we're talking about something and we're getting a little bit frustrated because we both have different opinions and we're opinionated people, but we have a lot of ideas and we're creative people and we have big visions for this product and we want you all to love it if you use it. And like, there's all these things that are going on. And then you have to take a moment to be like, but we get to do this. Exactly. And I, and I think if you're listening to this episode and you run your own business, you're doing your own thing, even if it's a side project or if it's a full-time thing and 
inevitably you get frustrated at certain parts of it. Something's not working right. You know, something broke in your tech stack, something changed, you know, this whole Google Yahoo email change is a little bit of a wrinkle, but like these things come up all the time. Mm-hmm. You get to work on that. You get to fix those things. You get to have those challenges as opposed to what could be the other thing, which is like working a soul sucking job that you absolutely hate that doesn't provide enough money. And like, it's just terrible. And Definitely. and I think that there, it's just a good perspective to have, like, especially for us anytime that we're starting to get into the weeds of tea tree and boy, did uncle Jerry leave a lot of like dirty landmines around <laughs> for us to step on. Mm-hmm. And they're not even like exploding blow your leg off type of landmines. They're just, you step in, it's like a big pile of poop. It's just like, <laughs> that's the landmine. It's like, Oh, Jerry, Jerry, come on, bud. You just left this year. Like that person signed up a year ago, but like, how'd you know, you know, like you have no data for us there. That's a highly specific scenario that happened earlier. Exactly. My point is, is that it's very difficult to be in the thick of all of this. And we know that because we're now seeing it with tea tree, just how hard it is to like get back into like the beginning of something. But if you just remind yourself that like, yeah, but you could be working on something else just absolutely that sucks the soul out of your life. Like just try and reframe all of these things that you're working on. They're difficult. It's like, okay, this is just a, a Rubik's cube that I have to keep flipping around to solve and like figure out. You know, we said it wasn't going to be a tip episode, but just as the resident tip extractor, the I, tipper? I do think there's some interesting and helpful things in okay. there. So if we could, you know, extract some wisdom out of this. You want to extract some tips? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you said. That's what I heard yeah, in my head. I think I'll, everybody I'll at home. extract your tip. What's Whoa. up? Hey, bro. Hey, my guy. Uh, I need you to back <laughs> off the mic a little bit. <laughs> I need you to stop doing that hand motion that you're doing. <laughs> She's not doing any hand motion, but I just thought it'd be funny for everybody who's looking at this. Oh, we may have lost her. <laughs> it came out of my mouth before I had a what chance did? to stop The tip? It. No, the tip hasn't no, come out. No, the tips have not come out. All right. Okay, back Can to you the, please deliver yeah, this tip to, to our listeners? I have multiple tips. Okay, okay. great. <laughs> So, we either had an immediate <laughs> drop off of listeners there or, or we had just, just like influx. a boost, like a thousand more people subscribed. There's only 33 of you that listen yeah, to this but podcast. Yeah, some people but have that Google alert. You might be up to 40. I don't know. Could Jason. be getting crazy. I know. I don't talk about wild stuff. Okay. Go ahead. First of all, I have to wipe the tears out of my eyes because that yeah. was very funny. Yeah. That was a good and moment. And back to the tips. Yep. So the first tip would be trying to reframe the challenges as you, something that's fun and like, you know, the feeling that you get when you're doing a puzzle. Great. Tip number two would be, like you said, adding some perspective and realizing that even though you might be encountering problems and challenges, you're going to encounter problems and challenges no matter what in your life. Aren't these the better problems and challenges that you get to do rather than something that is soul sucking? Great. I would say on top of that, I think also another thing that I find helpful, and maybe I'll write this in, in our newsletter coming up here soon. But something that's been helping me is reminding myself that we are on a point in Tea Tree's journey that has yet to unfold. And that if I can fast forward to like a year from now, imagine we actually do hit our Tea Tree goals. It'll be so fun to look back and be like, remember the beginning where oh, it was yeah. just such a slog? Like what I'm saying is sometimes it it is helpful to me to realize that the challenge that I'm encountering only makes the final story better. Of course. Because a story without any adversity is like not a good story. And also like show me a business that we have all read about. Now it doesn't have to be a huge business, but that like has reached a version of success that didn't have this part of the journey. Exactly. You know, and it's just like, it doesn't happen. Like anybody that you know, that's like looks wildly successful 
has a track record 10 years before that of like a bunch of ups and downs and failures and like things you don't necessarily see or they shared, but you just forget about because we have the recency bias and that's all we're paying attention to. Exactly. And I think that's what I want to be the biggest takeaway from this episode is just kind of the normalization of anyone listening who is either at the beginning of their journey and they're finding it harder than maybe they anticipated or at some sort of crucial inflection point and they're finding it difficult as well. And just that normalization of like, just because it's hard doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things for us that we get to cheat and use at our disposal is a thing that we have been creating for years uh, that's helping us with the kind of roadblock of when you have so much to do, what the heck do you focus on next? Right. So we basically took our years of figuring this out and then kind of built out what we call the unboring business roadmap that all of our way members have access to. So we're basically just like leaning on this for ourselves. Yeah. It's like, I've never felt more connected to the pain point that Wayman Unlimited solves than I am right now. Exactly. Because it reminds me of that feeling in online business where you're just, you see all these different like puzzle pieces splayed out before you where you're like, is it my marketing? Is it my website? Is it my messaging? Am I targeting the wrong person? Is it my pricing? Am I not competitive enough with, you know, my other competitors? Like, am I not, uh, do I not have a unique enough approach to this process that I'm trying to teach? Is my content not like all these different things? Am I, do I, am I not on the right social platform? Blah, blah, blah. And you just suddenly go, okay, there's a million different things that I could be doing and spending my time on to boost my business. What in the world do I focus on that's going to give me the most, you know, the best results for the least amount of effort, <laughs> the highest lift or the whatever they say. Yeah, sure. And, um, you know, we're experiencing that ourselves. And it's great to be able to go back to like the Unborn Business Roadmap and go, oh, yeah, okay, it actually does apply here. You yeah. Know, starting with the foundation, starting with your audience making sure you have goals, making sure you have processes, then, you know, tightening up your product to match that ideal audience. Then once you figure out your offer and you're testing your pricing, like we've laid it out already. And so it's kind of fun to be able to almost be, feel like we're being coached by our former selves. Yeah. And if you uh, are not a way member, you don't have access to that. We have a simplified version of it. That's still pretty in depth at wanderinginfo.com slash checklist, yeah. which is basically a version of the roadmap without all of the coaching sessions, all of the workbooks, all of the resources, but it's a version of kind of the five steps that the roadmap goes through in intimate detail. This is kind of like a surface level. We call this like a little snorkel. Mm-hmm. And then the roadmap is our scuba for our members. But you can find that at wanderinggameplay.com slash checklist. Uh, I'll be sure to put a note in the description with a link to that. So you can check that out. Yeah. And I think kind of on that point, something that I did realize in our meeting today, for example, is what happens when you are confronted with things that feel challenging. I feel like you often default back to your most comfortable thing in order to kind of like create a salve for that discomfort. So we're in this meeting, we're talking about marketing and who we want to target and how we want to do outreach. And then suddenly the conversation turns to, well, in order to like really meet those people where they are, we need to improve the product and this, that, and the other ways. And I just knew the second we started talking about it, I was like, this is our biggest like booby trap that we always fall into is, and we even set the intention this year. We said to ourselves, we're not going to focus on product. We're going to focus on marketing. Like the product is solid. It does what it needs to do. Yeah. Clearly it's making $10,000 a month. Like exactly. It's not doing nothing. 
and it's easy for you to maybe hear that and be like, well, guys, why are you complaining? The problem is because the revenue is going down and people are canceling at a higher rate than they ever have before. So like we're going in the wrong direction. Yeah. And, and I think that that's just like with the times and like the positioning of the product, who the product has been for, how we've been marketing it, which has been non-existent, like all of those things are kind of wearing off. And so that is to share that it is nice. It's making $10,000 a month, but the revenue and the customers are going in the wrong direction at a trajectory that would leave us not in a good place a year from now. So like we already like, okay, we have to do something to exactly. write the ship. So, and that's what we're doing. And so, but we were having this conversation and we're sitting there and we're talking about it and we're like, okay, well, we need to do X, Y, and Z to the product in order to like make sure that it has these bells and whistles so that it's really attractive to this ideal customer. And I kind of caught us and was like, we're doing the thing. We're doing the thing we always do where we're uncomfortable about marketing because we haven't done it for so long with this business and we're just not sure what it looks like yet. And so rather than try to figure that out, we go back to what we know, which is product development and design and building a product and just creating, right? Because that is where we're so comfortable. And I share that because I know a lot of you listening can probably relate to whatever the the piece of your business is that you're the least comfortable with. You're going to encounter moments where you know you need to spend time on that thing and I bet you you're going to fall back and default to the thing that you find most comfortable. So whether it's you know you need to improve your product, but maybe the tech and the creation isn't your most comfortable. So instead you just start start writing blog posts, right? Or you know that you need to go work on your email marketing structure and your tagging and like make sure all your forms are right, but you don't know how to use it. And so that's really uncomfortable. So you're just going to create social media graphics. And it's just, I think it's it's worth being aware of of those areas that you tend to default back to when you encounter some type of like resistance or difficulty in your business. Yeah, I think it's uh, the creator's dilemma is always looking for the known outcomes when we're presented with unknown problems. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, I know I need to get more customers in the door, uh, but and I know there I know the ways there are to do that, but I don't know how those are going to work out, and I don't know if that effort is going to be worth it. So that's unknown. I'm going to go to the things that I know how to do, which is like, well, I know my course videos need to be improved. I haven't done those in like five years. They're the same. Like, I should go re-record all of those. Right. And it's like, yeah, but like, is anybody really complaining about those? Is exactly. anybody actually saying those things? And and I think there is a little bit of a a small caveat here when it comes to a piece of software versus a digital product. Mm -hmm. It's it's easier to update a digital product. It's very simple to like know that like, yeah, like if this is built around like a platform, like say you have like a Canva course, like Canva is going to make interface changes that you need to update what your videos look like to, you know, reflect those things. But for software, you know, it is a little bit of like you have opinions as the software creators that you want to put into the software. So it stands out from other pieces of software. But then you also have natural upgrades that need to happen to like stay with the times of how things are being built. Um, I just say all of that because I think as a creator, whether it's software, whether it's digital products, whatever the thing is, it's easy to fall back on the like, well, but I know if we spend time on the product, like I'll see new features come out and like that'll make me feel good. Yeah. I don't know if we spend time on marketing, if actually we will have people sign up and we will make money. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It's also, it's a control thing too, right? Where exactly. it's like you're you are spending time on something you can control versus something you can't control, which oftentimes marketing, you can't, you, yeah. it's an experiment. But, you know, I think, and just to close the loop on that, what we came to, we recognized that this was happening where we were like, okay, we're doing it again, where we're yeah. like trying to, we're deciding that 
all of our problems are going to be solved if we could just get the product perfect and we don't want to fall into that trap again. So what do we do? And we decided that we have this new direction that we want to take for targeting a specific segment of customers. Some might call that a niche. And we want to reach out to, you know, 50 to 100 of those types of business owners and hopefully get them into a free trial or just have their feedback or, you know, we don't know what that looks like yet, but basically being able to get opinions from those people. And if enough people are telling us, hey, it doesn't have X, Y, and Z, or hey, this is what I didn't like about the product. And those things align with where we want to take the product in the future, then we will shift from marketing back to product. And so the idea with that, setting that parameter for ourselves is to not just make assumptions that give us permission to default back to what's easier for us, but to actually go out there into the the wild unknown of marketing and to really talk to potential customers and hear it from them. Now, going back to what Jason was saying, that is a caveat, which is that we know we do want to take the, the um, platform there eventually, but it's just a matter of prioritization and going, we can't spend six months focusing on making the product better as our user base continues to dwindle, we really have to make an effort to focus on marketing and building back up our customer base so that we will have the resources to then pour energy into the product. Yeah. Uh, The last thing I wanted to share in this episode was just this idea of like, from the outside looking in, projects, businesses, you know, things can look easy but you may not actually see the effort behind it. And for those of you who maybe have never heard me talk about, uh, I wrote my first book called Creativity for Sale that Caroline came up with the title with. Um, and the idea was I wanted to get sponsors on every page of the book. And so I w- this was coming off of my I Reassure project and my Buy My Last Name project. And I was like, okay, I wanna write a book with a little sponsor, 140 character message. This is World War Z time is where we are right now, uh, 2013. So that's- uh, ATTB, no, BTTB. Th- three BTTB. <laughs> three BTTB. Wow. The year three BTTB. <laughs> wow, that's confusing. You just got that was the joke. I was trying. That's what I was trying to do all those before. No, I got it. Oh, okay. I'm with you. Oh, thank Are you. Are you bringing your tips out again? <laughs> uh, so anyway, I have this idea, and if you just fast forward like six months, what you see is I made seventy five thousand dollars with this project. I landed a. a front cover sponsor in a company called Treehouse, which was an online learning platform at the time. I don't know if they're still around or not, uh, but it was very popular at the time. Um, Over 200 sponsors of the book. And it just looks absolutely successful because the book wasn't even written yet. Like I just, I finished this project, but what it took in those six months was so much effort. Like I filmed two videos, one for MailChimp and one for Treehouse that took me eight hours each. And I did little stop motion things and I did like voiceover things to pitch them to, to buy the front cover sponsor of the book. That was just for one sponsor of the book. Like I spent, I think- And er- you, did, you did a third one. You did it for Moo Cards. Oh yeah, Moo Cards, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just like blanked that, just blacked that out of my mind. We should have not mentioned them because they didn't buy the sponsorship. Uh, so we, uh, we Treehouse, Treehouse, Treehouse. Um, <laughs> And then not to mention, I sent 2,500 emails, 2,500 emails directly to companies that I had had some interaction with before or Those that aren't I wanted. spam emails and copy. Those are like personal. I knew people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and those emails included like follow-ups and other things, but like that's how I was able to land 200 sponsors for this book. And so I bring that up just to say it looked so easy at the end because mm-hmm. it was so easy at the end of that project just to put out on a platter like... I made $75,000 with this book. I haven't written a single word. Also, now I have to go write the book. That's not an easy process. But like, it looks easy. 
but it wasn't easy at all. Mm -hmm. And I think the point of this is just to remind you, if you're listening to this, like you might be in the difficult, messy middle, start ugly, like somewhere before you getting to the place where you feel like your business has made it and whatever that means for you, that doesn't mean like some huge revenue goal. That just means like you feel like your business runs smoothly and predictably and profitably, but you will get there. And I think the point is that you're just gonna have to go through some harder times in your journey that require more effort because business just takes experimentation and it takes trying things and it, it takes doing the marketing work when the product work feels easier because it's known. It takes doing the hard foundational, fixing all the analytics that Uncle Jerry set up wrong with all of his poop landmines <laughs> to like figure out like how customers are actually interacting with your product. Like it takes a lot of those things. And if anybody's out here telling you that they can just skip all of those and get you right to the ease, it's not possible. And I think we're some of the people who scream the loudest about trying to build calm businesses and have an enough number and like just make your life easier when it comes to business. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's an extremely simple path to get there. Exactly. It just means that you can get there. The reality is that there is going to be work along the way. And as we've mentioned a couple of times in one of Caroline's eloquent tips is that <laughs> you get to do this work. Like yeah. you could be doing other things that are soul sucking or just not fun or that you absolutely hate, but the majority of the work that you're doing, you're hopefully you really enjoy and it outweighs the like difficultness that you feel. Yeah. And I hope that listening to this episode, that if you're there and you consider yourself at one of those more challenging parts of your journey, that you will join us in being excited by that. Yeah, and like, for sure. I, I've never, it's been a while since I was this excited about business and I think it's just because I do like the beginning where it's all such a, you know, kind of fun puzzle to figure out. I enjoy the challenge of it. And I hope that that inspires you just a little bit to maybe look at this difficulty or look at the obstacles with a new lens and find a way to maybe just enjoy. Way to bring it back to the uh, vision the Vision Pro. Pro. Nice. Okay. Really, you brought it right Lens. full circle. Lens. Lens. Nicely done. Thank you. Uh, this podcast is not sponsored by Apple because <laughs> Apple doesn't sponsor anything. Um, but maybe we'll buy those. I don't think we will. They're too expensive. We'll wait till they're smaller. Really? I don't know. Maybe we will. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we won't. Teachery's revenue is going the wrong direction. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Maybe uh, if we reach our uh, revenue goal by the end of the year, how about that? Yeah. That's a lot of delayed gratification. I don't know if I can wait that long, but I might have to. So we'll see. It's the ultimate marshmallow test. All right. That's it for this episode a little bit of a shorter one a little bit less structure but we hope you enjoyed it and maybe it inspired you depending on where you are on your journey thanks for listening okay goodbye bye